Welcome to another episode of Prescription for Life. My name is Linda Gallick. I'm the health and well-being consultant at Bellin Health. And um, happy to welcome back part two of our conversation. Uh, today with me, I have Pam Baranchek. She is one of our licensed behavior health therapists um, at our Bellin Psychiatric Center. So Pam, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be here today. Well, we had such an incredible conversation last month in terms of mental health and mental health awareness month. And we're going to kind of build that out a little bit today with this month's lifesaver topic. So this month's lifesaver topic is on my last nerve. And we're specifically looking a little bit more of, we're looking a little bit more at anxiety. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that today and uh, how to recognize that and, and what we can do about that if we feel like we're experiencing that ourselves. So Pam, um, last time we learned on our episode that you've been with Bellin about seven years. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what, what you do at Bellin? Yep. So I work in a program that's called the Mental Health Intensive Outpatient Program. It is a group therapy-based program. Our group meets about four times a week up to four weeks and we meet for three hour blocks of time okay. so during that three hours we we do a combination of cognitive behavior therapy dialectic behavior therapy it really is a, a group that focuses on teaching coping strategies to deal with different mental health issues um, a lot of the people that come into our program are, are maybe people that were in individual therapy and it doesn't quite feel like enough support. They need a little okay. bit more. Mm -hmm. Or maybe people that recently have been in the hospital that um, need some assistance transitioning back to home or would like some assistance transitioning back to home. Um, so it's a, a really fun program to work in, and I feel really lucky to work on the team I get to work with. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so impactful to so many people. That's fantastic. So we're talking about anxiety this month. And I mean, I think this is a term that we kind of throw around, right? People will say, I have anxiety. I feel anxious. Oh, that's my anxiety. Um, let's dive into that a little bit. Like, how would you define anxiety? I think that when we're thinking about anxiety, I think that a lot of what my mind goes to is really... Um, the physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. So the, the racing heart and the shallow rapid breathing, um, the increase in blood pressure, the, the, the racing thoughts that can mm -hmm. go along with anxiety. I think that a lot of just that physical discomfort is what can make anxiety so unbearable sometimes. Okay. Okay. So then how, like how would someone know the difference between like a full diagnosable anxiety disorder or if they are a person that just tends to worry a lot yeah. like I think about how sometimes uh, you hear people talk about you know that waking up at 2 30 in the morning and your mind is racing and you can't get back to sleep what what really are the differences there what do we need to watch out for yeah so the thing about worry is it's usually based in thought right so mm -hmm. I'm and it's usually very specific. So I might be worried about, um, I've got to get to my plane on time, right? Like, mm -hmm. And that's something that is very specific. It's something that's solvable. It's something that's real. Um, I might be anxious about just travel. So mm -hmm. it's more ambiguous. It's nothing really specific. It's nothing really solvable. Um, anxiety a lot of times lives more in our body 
So that's when we're going to notice like that, that rapid heart rate or the shallow breathing, um, maybe the swirling or the knots in our stomach, the stiff neck and shoulders, uh, difficulty with sleep, um, changes in appetite. Mm -hmm. Um, if, yeah, I, I think that that's a big difference. That worry is something that is usually, it, it triggers us to start problem solving. Anxiety maybe makes us feel helpless. Like there's okay. nothing I can do to fix this and I'm just sure. stuck and trapped and okay. um, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I think every person in the world experiences both worry and anxiety. But if our anxiety has gotten to the point that it's interrupting our life, like not only am I not sleeping every once in a while here or there, but I'm not sleeping most of the time. Mm. Or mm-hmm. um, I, I feel so anxious that I'm calling into work or oh, that my sure. relationship with my kids are being affected or that my relationship with my significant other is affected. I think when anxiety starts causing problems in our life, that's when we might want to take that step to start talking to somebody about okay. it. Okay. Oh, that's really helpful. Awesome. So, um, I was just kind of wondering, do you know, is anxiety more prevalent in any kind of, um, age bracket? Cause I feel like you hear a lot about maybe that teenager, you know, demographic having anxiety. Um, also maybe older people kind of, kind of having more anxiety as, as they get older. What are your thoughts on that? So, Anxiety disorders are the number one diagnoses, mental health diagnoses in okay. our society right now. Okay. And they're most common from the ages of 30 to 44. Okay. Definitely kids in, experience anxiety too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you might see that in the form of like phobias. That's mm. more common in kids. Um, I think as, as kids get older, kind of high school age, transitioning to college, their anxiety might peak a little bit too. Um and older adults are more likely to experience kind of just a generalized anxiety disorder where they might experience more of the physical symptoms. But that age of 30 to 44 is when we might be most likely to see some of our panic disorders. Okay. Um, I just all of a sudden I just get this surge of, of panic and I, I feel like I'm paralyzed and I can't do anything and I'm helpless. Um, so, yeah, yeah, 30 to 44. Is okay. That, interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah, that is. That is. All right. So what, like, what can someone do if they're experiencing anxiety symptoms? You know, is there anything to be aware of that might make it worse or or better? Um, If somebody really is experiencing that, if they're having some of those, the sleeplessness or the rapid heart rate or the shallow breathing, uh, what what do you think? Where should they go? So, uh, well... There are some a lot of things that we can do on our own mm-hmm. to help with anxiety. One thing is not adding fuel to the fire. And kind of what I mean by that is sometimes if we get anxious, we can trick ourselves into starting to feel anxious about feeling anxious. So I might notice that I'm thinking about something and, and my breathing is shallow and I'm, I'm starting to get all of these really overwhelming thoughts. And then I tell myself, I shouldn't be feeling like this. If I'm feeling like this, there's something wrong with me. Mm. Um, This is never going to get better. And then those thoughts start causing more and more panic and anxiety. So I'm not even so much anxious about what I was originally worried about. Now I'm anxious about the fact that I was anxious. And that can really start swirling. So being able to catch those extreme thoughts and really kind of challenge those and say, okay, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, bring it back to the here and now. Physical activity is 
huge in terms of managing anxiety. Yes. When we get anxious, which is an important thing, it's important that we have the ability to have anxiety as humans because anxiety a lot of times can keep us safe. If we go back to our caveman days, our anxiety is what prompted us to scan for saber-toothed tigers when Mm -hmm. we went out of our cave so that we didn't get eaten. Um, Anxiety is going to tell us that there's a threat or that there's the potential for a threat. And so we don't want to ignore our anxiety or get it to go away. Um, But we do want to remember that when we're feeling anxious, our, our bodies haven't quite caught up to that Um, evolutionary need that we had to have that fight flight or freeze response so in the past if maybe I felt anxious because there was a saber-toothed tiger that increase in in cortisol in our body that would give me the energy I needed to run as fast as I could now when we're feeling anxious our anxiety isn't so much caused by immediate threats it's more um thoughts about what might happen in the future Mm -hmm. so I'm not worried about a saber-toothed tiger I'm worried about can I pay my rent next month or you know what's going to happen to my kids when they go to school what's going to happen in the future so there's no immediate threat there's no immediate need to run and so that cortisol just kind of sits in our body Mm -hmm. and that can cause issues with weight gain and sleep disturbances and all, all kinds of other stuff So having regular physical activity gives us an outlet for some of that cortisol. And so that can be really helpful when we're dealing with anxiety. If we're doing some of these things and we're noticing that that anxiety is not getting better or that it's getting worse, it's a really good idea to talk with our primary care doctor Mm -hmm. and just say, hey, you know, these are the things I've noticed. This is what I've been trying. It doesn't seem to be helping. Do you have any ideas? And that primary care doctor might be able to help to assess just the severity of the anxiety and to connect us to the best resources that can be helpful. Yeah. So important to not keep it to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid to have those conversations and ask those questions because you don't have to stay there. You know, there, there's potential help for you and it, it might be a a simple short-term help. Um, It it might not be a, a long term commitment but just to know if you're not feeling right that is why we are here for you we we want to hear about that right so so important well that is just such helpful information any anything else you want to share about anxiety anything else that you didn't get to tell us that you really want want the audience to know I think um, something that I I always just think is a really good parting thought is to remember that anxiety disorders, they're not a character trait, right? They're not something that is a permanent thing. That Mm -hmm. They're very, very treatable. And somebody maybe would meet criteria for an anxiety disorder today, but they wouldn't necessarily two years from now because they've learned different ways to manage it. And it's something that can get better so that our anxiety doesn't have to have a negative impact in our life. It, it actually might end up helping us and being a protective factor moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great, such a great reminder for everyone. So appreciate that. Well, Pam, this has been another fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing all that great information with us. Uh, we just, we can't thank you enough. So thank you for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. So we hope you enjoyed this segment. Feel free to share it with family, friends, colleagues. Uh, Please 
feel free to subscribe, like, and share this podcast and others. And uh, we hope you have a great day. See you next time.